Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats from NC State University's Career Development Center, the only podcast dedicated to providing NC State students with current, relevant, and thought-provoking ideas that will challenge you to think about your future. Whether you want to know more about what hiring managers are really thinking, or you just need to hear an honest and encouraging story about overcoming obstacles to reach your goals, we've got you covered. Wolfpack Career Chats is just one of the many services we provide. Whether it's career fairs, on-campus interviews, co-op opportunities, or more, we are here for the pack. This is Marcy Bullock. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. Today, I am delighted to have Brian Gentry as our guest. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for having me, Marcy. It's so great to hear your voice. I would love you to begin by telling us a little bit about your journey, choosing your major at NC State, and then your transition to the work world and what you're doing now. Yeah, so I started at NC State in 2013. Uh, I lived the first 18 years of my life in Florida, so that was a pretty big transition to move to North Carolina and start school in a very unfamiliar setting. Uh, I started off in chemical engineering, and then I found halfway through my second year that I was more interested in in the medical side, so I added biomedical engineering as well. Um, I started taking classes my junior year at BTEC, and I joined the Career Ambassadors Program. I joined couple other social organizations and professional organizations through my time at at NC State and uh, did a couple research positions. And then I was lucky enough to obtain an internship at a pharmaceutical company named GSK, where I'm currently working in my second year in Montana. (laughs) That's exciting. I know you made a huge change to, um, to the Midwest. So what's Montana like? Montana is a bit colder than I'm used to. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I've made the jump from some from sunny 75 degree Florida to North Carolina and then a drastic jump 3000 miles away to Montana. So it's a bit different, but it is so pretty out here. Um, uh, a little bit more isolated, but I can look outside of either either side of my house and I can see a mountain range. So it's pretty it's pretty phenomenal. Oh, my goodness. Well, and I remember when you were thinking about job offers and we were discussing the transition to the work world, all the uncertainty. And like you said, from Florida to North Carolina, now to Montana, what would you advise students who are weighing options of going somewhere they've never been before in terms of making that decision? Yeah, it's it's a big it's a big decision to make, um, and there's a lot of nerves that go along with it. But I guess my advice would just be is be courageous. I think you can do anything for for a year, and if you find that you don't like it, you can always go back. <laughs> there's always going to be an opportunity, um, if as long as you leave a good impression wherever you go. Yeah, this is a time in your life where you can take some risks, and I'm so proud of you for going for it. And there may be times in the future where you're more tied down because of other things going on in your life. So with your current role, tell us more about this program you're in at GSK and any thoughts you have for students that are weighing job offers and thinking of these leadership development programs. Yeah, so I'm in a three-year, three-rotation uh, development program. And I think a lot of companies are doing similar things. Um, 
you have a lot of pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer, like Merck, like GSK, and you have other industries like Campbell's Soup has one, Anheuser-Busch has one for, for brewing. Um, so I think wherever you go, there's, there's a lot, I think companies are recognizing the value of developing their employees because I think that ensures, you know, some a higher retention rate um, just because they know, you know, I have a path uh, upward and forward. So I, it's not for everyone, right? Um, if, you, if you don't like to move around a lot, if you don't appreciate a high accelerated pace of, of work, um, it, it may not be for you, but I think it's definitely worth it um, uh, just to just to get the experience and, and kind of build up your p- portfolio a little bit earlier than you normally would. And is it good for people that maybe aren't exactly sure that they have this one specific goal? Um, tell us more about what you're getting exposed to in these three years. I know you're only a little bit over halfway through. Yeah, I see. I still don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life. So it's perfect <laughs> for me. Thank um, you for admitting that because we, we're always like, you're trying 20s, you get to try lots of things, and it is super trying. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> I think your 20s is, is, is pretty similar to college. You're still trying to find your way, um, and I think that's okay. I think everyone is in, is in the same position. Not everyone knows exactly what they want to do, and it very well could be that, you know, three years from now, I decide, hey, I just want to make a career change. This this wasn't for me. And I think you you have that capability in your 20s. Um, that's completely all right. So, yeah, so my first rotation um, was 16 months based in North Carolina because um, we have a site right outside of our TP. Um, I was in a process improvement role, which which meant I was like half down on, on the manufacturing line, um, working through problems there to get our product out. Um, and then half was spent working with our supply chain team and our learning and development team to, to build tools that, that made people's lives easier. My current role is, is something I have no exposure to whatever, which is super exciting, but also a little bit uh, more pressure. <laughs> um, I'm an automation engineer working on a, a construction project. It's a facility expansion in our site in Montana. Um, so I'm getting a lot of exposure to 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 systems that I've I've never seen before, to terminology I've I've never learned. <laughs> but I'm also having the opportunity to, outside of my day job, work on a few other development items, like learning about you know the different areas of the business, and and really just getting a lot of hands-on experience and, and meeting a lot of of cool um, people that work at a variety of different um, organizations. So you are in totally uncharted territories now with this role. It sounds a little intimidating. How have you gone in with confidence and not doubted yourself? I, yeah, that's that's a great question, Marcy. It's I think we're we're a little bit harder on ourselves than than other people. I think we're our own worst critics. They don't people don't expect you to know exactly what to do in your role when you first step on site, that's, that's unrealistic. I mean, really you should, I think you need to approach it with a one month, two month and three month plan, right? So your first month, uh, work with your manager to kind of identify what you need to be focusing on in your role and then figure out, you know, how to learn the processes at your sites, um, how to learn like how things work, 
um, what people that you need to talk to to kind of develop in those areas as well. And then your second month is really honing in on those, those development items for your specific role. And then your third month is just kind of getting acclimated. Um, and, and, and so you can approach the rest of your role and, and know kind of what you're talking about. <laughs> so, well, well said, Brian. I, I think you're right about being hard on ourselves. I mean, no one really knows what they're doing. I think we're all, you know, kind of like someone's going to figure out that I'm an imposter. And so I love your attitude of um, realizing that they're going to train you. So what percent would you say of what you do right now in your job did you actually learn when you were in college? <laughs> Maybe ten <10%. percent. laughs> so yeah, there, there's a few classes that I took in college that I can really apply to what I'm doing today. I mean, obviously, all the software classes are super helpful, like Excel, especially if you're an engineer and you deal with spreadsheets on a daily basis. Technical writing is also hugely important as an engineer. Um, there's a few other classes. The classes that I took at BTEC, which is the Biomanufacturing Technical or Training and Education Center, um, one of a kind facility at North Carolina State. Um, definitely recommend it for anyone interested in, in biological sciences. Uh, those courses were hands-on learning of the machines that I would be dealing with in my industry. So I kind of have a leg up on someone else coming from a different university um, into, into my site right now. Uh, and then obviously the other engineering courses like controls is super helpful for what I'm dealing with right now. Um, just because I'm dealing with automation and, you know, process control. But other than that, it's, I, I know pretty much zero when I stepped on campus. <laughs> That's really interesting to compare that. Like you said, 10% of it and big shout out to BTEC. I love that you plugged that. What about some of the things you learned maybe in your, you mentioned the career ambassador role where we met and we, we worked more on things like leadership, communication, teamwork. Is that coming into play now that you're a full on adult in the working world? Yeah, I think that would probably play in to 20%. So 20% of of your development, I think needs to be focused on your relationships and your, your soft skills. And I think career ambassadors was a huge leg up for me um, because before I joined the program in, was it my fourth year? Uh, I had really no idea of how to interview, how to write a resume, how to write a cover letter. And it was super helpful for me um, when I was given the opportunity to join the program to actually preach those practices. Um, it, it helped me hone my skills a little bit better and also work on my presentation skills, which, I mean, it's, it's a pretty big part of, of working life is, is presenting for, for, to, from a small group of, of two people on your team to a larger group of like dozens to maybe even 50 if you have to go up in front of the entire company. So that's, that's super important. So I'd say that's probably 20%. Um, and then just the soft skills of, of networking and, and getting to know other people and building up that trust. I think that's hugely important. And then the rest of it, like you said, if you went 10% was the coursework, 20% was your extracurriculars, um, then I'm doing the math. So then 70% you're learning right on the job. Correct. <laughs> so what is your your thought on your relationship with your boss? It sounds like you've had maybe a few different people since you've moved from the plant here out to Montana. And is that a really important thing to think about? And how do you nurture it? Yeah. Before I answer that question, I, I think with a, the benefits of one of our rotational programs is you get to experience those different environments. So with my first rotation, 
I had a little bit of a rocky start just because the, the site that I was working at was going through a huge, I guess, organizational restructuring. So I actually went through three different managers in four months. And if you look at our organizational charts, it's actually that number is closer to five because there were some issues with with the tech and and HR. (laughs) So it was a bit of uncertainty. So I've kind of had the experience of seeing, you know, what a what a less than ideal manager looks like. And and my last two managers have been just phenomenal. So I know what a good manager looks like. And so what are some of the comparisons that you have just to dive into that for a minute, Brian, in terms of the the manager that maybe you didn't think was as effective compared to now? I think one of the biggest things I had to realize is that, you know, people aren't perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're people. So just because someone's not the best leader doesn't mean they're a bad person. That's that's one thing that, that I had to 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 remind myself a lot, especially when you get frustrated, you get caught up in your own, your own head and, and you're wondering why, is there something wrong with me? Um, but that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, there, there, I had two different types of managers at the start. One was an absentee manager, um, someone who, who wanted an, an extra person on their team, but didn't want to spend the, the time to develop that person or, or uh, really give them any meaningful tasks. The second type of manager I had was the delegator. Um, very good at assigning tasks that they didn't want to do to the people that were under them, but also mm-hmm. insanely, not really focused on, on developing their people and ensuring that they're, they're happy and, and, and positive. Um, the, the last type of manager that I think is really important is one who's fair but challenging and really focus on, you know, development of their people. And I think that's, you can be in, the, the company can be in, in a very challenging circumstance, but as long as you have a leader that's, that's there for their team, I think that makes all the difference in inspiring them to live up to their highest potential. Well, and you certainly have a lot of experience with comparing people with transitioning so many times, like five times. And actually, our episode number 41 is with an interview with Raven Solomon, who wrote the book, Cracking the Code on Leading Intergenerational Teams. And well, that's the title of the podcast, but her book is called Leading Your Parents, because she talks about how millennials, when they are actually maybe getting promoted as you will be soon and you might have people your parents age that are reporting to you and it kind of tied back into what you just said which is the biggest piece of advice Raven gave in her book was really to know your people and understand what motivates them and it sounds like you've learned that too Brian yeah I have a little bit I think along with that authenticity is important um just making sure that you're being genuine and as transparent as possible with your team I think goes a long way yeah. Okay. So going back to the um, the relationship with your boss question for students that maybe aren't in the rotation where they'd have five managers in two years, but they're thinking, ooh, this is going to be my boss for a while. What are some of the questions you recommend they ask or research they do to make sure it's going to be compatible or even on the job? Any tips? Yeah. So it's you have to interview them as much as they interview you, I think. <laughs> That's really yeah. important. Um, one of the things, if if you're concerned about how they might see your performance, I think right out the gate, you need to ask, all right, what are my objectives for this role? What are the things that I need to accomplish and what does success look like? Um, those, I think those are some really important questions that you need to ask before you even start. 
Um, and then just trying to, to get to know them and their leadership style. Um, you don't need to interview them directly. You can, you can ask the people that they work with um, what to expect. Um, and they'll give you varying degrees of, of honesty, but I think that's a good way to get a better picture of how to work with them. Another thing I found helpful is uh, through, through the experiences that I've had in the Career Ambassador Program, as well as a few of the uh, professional development tools that I've utilized at my, my current company, is trying to match up um, my experiences with them with the MBTI and the strengths finders and try to see, okay, um, this is what I think they, they are categorized as, you know, introvert, extrovert, you know, um, judging or feeling, perceiving, all those. And I try to identify that and then look up how to, how to interact with them. And it doesn't always work out. I may be completely off base at the start, but more often than not, I think it's helpful to understand the best ways to interact with, with certain uh, types of people. Oh, I love you're using that, Brian, when you're in the working world thinking about how should I communicate with this individual? Maybe what language should I use if I am more of a person who is the feeler and I, I get involved in interpersonal relationships and they're the thinker and they're logical, then I need to speak in their language. And I always tell people it's not necessarily the golden rule, treat people the way that you want to be treated, but treat people the way that they want to be treated. So yes. how, how has that worked? out with your boss right now it's it's been really good um as, as i said before the last two bosses that i've had have been really fun phenomenal people leaders even with you know their busy schedules um they always make the time and i think that's important as leader is making the time for your people like we were mentioning before so i've scheduled i schedule a, a bi-weekly one-on-one so every two weeks i'll, I'll meet with my manager one-on-one and, and kind of get feedback give them updates on on the progress of my projects and what I've been up to and then get some feedback on what I could do better and what, what, what he sees that I could improve upon and then kind of discuss next steps. And then after that, it's just, we, we kind of developed in, into this relationship now where we're a little bit more comfortable with each other, where we can open up a little bit about our personal lives, which I think is, is really nice. Oh, that's fantastic. What is it like also just transitioning to your social life? Because when you move out of state to a brand new place and you don't know anyone, any thoughts on getting integrated and making friends? Yeah. The most important thing I think to realize is with, with most things, you get out what you put in. <laughs> so it's it does take a lot of effort. But I think if you approach it in the same way, as well in similar ways as you would with networking or or even dating i think some of those same principles really apply <laughs> um so social media is hugely important especially in a new place you can use a variety of different apps like meetup um and you can find people with similar interests maybe join a group through there facebook is also important the different events in your area or different groups there as well um, even some lesser known apps like Eat With, I know is an app that you can kind of go out to eat with locals and find the best places to, to dine. Whoa, uh, I've never heard of that one. And so I got to jump in and say, all right, so I know you've only been there. You only got there in January, right? So it's January, February, two months. So have you tried this Eat With thing? And just what do you do? Go eat with a stranger? I've, I've been looking at it. I've been very tentative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. Um, but I've been, I've been considering it. 
what I what I've used the most has probably been Facebook. Um, and believe it or not, Bumble, some of these dating apps have an option for just looking for friends. So Bumble Friends is is another as well. Wow, there's so much with technology. So have yeah. you made some friends already? I, I have, I have. I think one of the the biggest areas that I've actually made friends is through work. Yeah. So you can you can source friends from the people that you already know. Um, what your friends back at home be like? Hey, do you know anyone in in Montana that I could meet up with? Um, and they'll be more than willing to connect you, or even through work. Um, I think one of the things that I was been pretty successful with is, you know, scheduling like a at least one one on one per week when I was first starting out. Um, it's only like an hour or so, I, and it could be over lunch. And food is incredibly important. If you offer to pay for food, people generally like you a little bit more. <laughs> um, <laughs> just getting to know what they do, their roles, and getting to know them as people and seeing if our interests align. And, and I've actually met, you know, a few people through work that I consider work friends now. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. And that's that's great that you're putting yourself out there. I want to hear more as the months go on about this Eat With app because um, <laughs> I love eating. So, you know, I'd be down for it. All right. So we're, we're to our last question now. It's gone by fast. So now we're going to go in our time machine into the year 2040. So add 20 years to your current age and you at that age will give advice to the 2020 Brian Gentry. And what would you say to him? Oof, that's a tough question. <laughs> I think the biggest thing I would say would be don't don't worry about the small stuff. I think if if we if I look back even to, you know, growing up, the memories that really stand out to me are the good ones, not necessarily the bad. I think overwhelmingly I remember the positive experiences. And I think that's that should still apply 20 years from now. <laughs> I'll look back on my 20s and I'll see all the experiences that I've had that are positive, um, all the lessons that I learned that are that are better, and, and, and just don't sweat the small frustrations that you have in your day-to-day because it'll pass. <laughs> that is wise. That is really wise. It sounds like something that I need to take as advice for right now, too. It's been so nice to talk to you, Brian. Thanks for making time and enjoy the beautiful mountains. And we look forward to following your journey. Hey, thank you so much, Marcy. I really enjoyed this talk. Bye. The NC State Career Development Center prepares and empowers students to identify and pursue their career goals. Stop by Pullen Hall to learn more. Thank you for listening to Wolfpack Career Chats, and we hope to see you around campus. Have a packtacular day.